1: Switzerland! The US go up! What a goal from Carlos bougain Boy, he'll try it here! What a goal from Lloyd! This is spectacular! It's hit with no regard for humanity! Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is! Switzerland! And Shakiri has scored in the 90th minute! That was worth the price of admission alone! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into the horn in Austin, Texas here tonight. It is Soccer Matters, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Your humble host, Glenn Davis, here to take us through. The next hour of soccer talk we'll talk verde we'll talk major league soccer we'll talk the visit from the houston dynamo in the western conference plus an interview with pablo zabaletta the former manchester city right back who uh, essentially went through through three managers when he played at city and really was a part of seeing things really change and turn the corner played under roberto mancini mauricio pellegrini and then of course at the end of his career, Pep Guardiola, Um, that ahead of a visit from Manchester City and Erling Holland and Pep Guardiola and company to Energy Stadium in Houston to take on Club America. So I'll give a pair of tickets away to that. That might be a very nice road trip for some people. Uh, And I do know there's a ton of Manchester City fans uh, in the Austin area. Hey, by the way, just not Verde fans. There are some uh, Manchester city fans as well, but Verde uh, has been killing it. We're going to talk about that. The show tonight is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit law firm. Uh, Look, no one wants to get in an accident. If you do, you go to daspitlawaustin.com. You call them, they're bilingual 512-865-6710. 512-865-6710 is the number to call in. So, um, Use the uh, Daspit Law Firm and use those sponsors that uh, you know get behind the game of soccer. Whether you know it's Austin FC's sponsors, uh, whether it's Soccer Matters sponsors here, get behind them because that's uh, the people you want to support because they are supporting your game. All right, Austin FC, it's year two. Would you have ever thought we would be where we are right now? And by the way, there's a lot of you out there that wanted Josh Wolf gone, which to me was always. A silly take Uh, first year coach needs time. If you looked at that team last year, there was a tremendous amount of positives going forward. They certainly needed to balance the team out uh, in transition when losing the ball. They have done that. They've got a seven, three, and one road record. Incredible. Number two in the West, four, one, and three at home, three straight road wins. In a New York minute, you pick up nine points. And if you look at where you stand right now, you're undefeated in your last five, you're simply 13 points away from securing a playoff spot. If, if we use, you know, 49 or 50 points as the barometer, things could not have gone better in Atlanta. So you've beaten Charlotte FC, you go to Colorado in altitude, it's a come behind victory with Ethan Finley, Sebastian Driussi and Rudy getting the goals at altitude. And then you go into Atlanta United with a big crowd on an artificial surface. And you get a very charitable game from Atlanta United. I don't think there's any question. And you win 3-0. Now, when I say that, I say that with utter respect. Because you know what? Uh, Austin FC scores timely goals. You make mistakes around Austin FC, they're going to punish you. Now, number two in the West on 37 points, only two behind LAFC. Really remarkable turnaround. And by the way, and I will say this again, I I hold back nothing. Still, to me, and it might be because I watch them more, but still to me, clearly, one of the most interesting, aesthetically pleasing and fun teams to watch in the league. And if you're an Austin FC fan, uh, make sure you rebel and cherish that. That's something good because uh, from my vantage point, I've had rough times calling games over a lot of years. I did not in the last one in Houston, which was a 2-2 draw with FC Dallas. I'm going to tell you why Houston may be a little bit of a dangerous animal coming in tomorrow night at Q2 Stadium. I'm looking forward to being there. I'm going to call that one on radio tomorrow night. We'll step away from TV as it's on 2 to NA, but looking forward to getting into that environment after a crazy environment uh, in Houston in a 2-2 draw with FC Dallas. But let's first talk about Austin FC, and let's first talk about a couple of things. They're the best road team in the league. Now I do mention a lot of times, you know why they're a good road team? Because of possession. And you're going, hey, what are you talking about, Glenn? They only had 37% possession against Atlanta United. Yeah, that's because they had a 3-0 lead after 57 minutes. They didn't have to expend the energy. And this is why uh, I think Josh Wolf and company got the perfect game in Atlanta. Um, They were charitable. They gifted chances. The chances were punished very quickly. Um, the goals came in the ninth minute from Felipe pretty much a clear header uh, Finlay in the 17th, after the mistake from the young uh, left back, Caleb Wiley, who was without a doubt targeted and specifically targeted. I mean, that's things you do. You under uh, you, you, find the soft bell, a soft underbelly of an opponent and you go after it. And, and I think that's what Austin FC did very well in this game. Uh, but 37% possession, you lose out on total passes, you had 333 to 559. It's all irrelevant if you watch the game and you see the story of this game and how it went, the early goals, and then you have that ability to um, kind of absorb against a team that's urgent trying to get back into the game. By the way, after the game, Josef Martinez, the center forward for Atlanta United, was very critical of, of both the front office, his teammates' effort, all kinds of things. Um, But I think major league soccer now is really elevated in the fact that now you make mistakes in this league, you punish them eight to 10 years ago. They weren't always punished. Maybe even six years ago, they weren't always punished five years ago, but now with the quality of people in attacking positions, mistakes are punished. Uh, No question. And that's exactly what Austin FC did. And to be good at that, Timely at that, efficient at that, killer instinct like that at that is a good thing. Lots of different things to positively take out of this one against Atlanta United. Again, it's three in a row over Charlotte, Colorado, and Atlanta United on the road. Players in different positions, squad rotation. You didn't start Sebastian Driussi. You didn't start, start Maxi Um Danny Pereira was out due to yellow card accumulation and you still get a three, no win and you get early goals. You get two goals inside uh, 17 minutes. That's a nice way to start on the road. The depth of the Felipe signing shows itself off. But I think the big thing here is, is now the comprehension of the system, the tactics of Josh Wolf being understood. And of course you had people that were in for full preseasons. Then you get these great bonuses with, Josh's son. Then you get the great bonus with John Gallagher adapting and and, and learning how to play left back. Then you have the versatility of an Alex ring who can play pretty much anywhere in midfield plays deeper in this game. Um, And now you got a different team. John Gallagher says, quote, we're a different team this year. And there kind of is a fuel to the fire on the road. No question. And I will still go back to my point that this team as good as it is in possession, that is a huge asset uh, when you go on the road and you didn't fully need it in this game because you scored goals early. Um, you've also got waiting in the wings, Washington Coroso. Ecuadorian winger type to stay out wide. Excellent. When he's isolated, this is uh, Josh Wolf talking right now. He's shifty. He can take you down the line. He can get by you or he can dip inside. He'll also bring verticality where he can run behind the defense He's on loan from Sporting Cristal. That was Josh Wolf's words. So you got a real winger type here, a guy who's going to help you bring width. So you continue to add to the squad. He's on loan, and you got the option to purchase him. And Sporting Cristal is, no question, uh, a big team in South America. So four wins and a draw on your last five. League's best road record. You've won two out of your last three against Houston you're tied for the league leading goals with 13 and you're 13 points away from a playoff place. This is a remarkable turnaround. Now we're halfway. We're a little bit over halfway through the season. It's a team that's also showing tremendous recoverability. It's got a backbone and you're getting group and roster contributions. So now it becomes interesting because yes, you're still going to make the playoffs. You don't take your foot off the pedal. But as we all know, a great regular season, and this, this can't be answered now, but it's only something to be contemplated, is a great regular season doesn't always translate into perfect timing for that second season, which is the playoffs, which can be affected by so many things. The form you come in with, injuries, all kinds of things. That's a ways off. That's a ways off. But, man, this is, this is a stable, dangerous team. Now, here's why Austin FC likely um, has the advantage going into this next game. But I'll tell you what, one thing will be a little bit of an X factor in this one. So the Houston Dynamo, a 2-2 draw with FC Dallas, the next opponent. It was the debut of Hector Herrera, uh, basically a sellout at the stadium. There was a buzz and energy in there that's never been in there before for an MLS game for a Houston Dynamo game. Maybe when they opened the stadium, to me, that was a little bit more of, of a novelty factor. This was because of a singular pro player. And there was just a buzz because in Houston, fans have been clamoring for many years for a star player. And they got one now. It's a pipeline directly to the Mexican national team fan. There was a lot of Mexican national team jerseys there. There were... Uh, Water bottles flying out of the stadium uh, stands when Dallas scored. Uh, There there was just an edge and an energy in there. And I'm not condoning that, by the way. Uh, There was an edge and energy in there that we have not seen. And that was healthy. It was almost like it was a cleansing. So there is no doubt when he comes in in the 55th minute, Hector Herrera. And by the way, he said all the right things. He's going to be an incredible signing for them. He's already helped them on and off the field immensely. It'll be very interesting to see if a lot of the unique fans came to that game. will come back against Minnesota, uh, in less than two weeks time, but Herrera raised the level and you could immediately see this was a man of pedigree. This is a man, uh, of champions league experience has played more champions league games than any Mexican player in history. And just came in with his range of passing with how quick his brain works. This is after a couple of training sessions and just entirely lifted the team. And he's going to do that. And you're either going to go along with the ride. If you're on this roster with Hector Herrera, or you'll, you'll, you'll fall off and you'll get swept downstream. And I would say that for, for the front office in Houston too, they've got differing challenges. Now with a star of this caliber, that brings also uh, a a culture identity to the Mexican fan. And he's obviously, we know going to the world cup and cutter with Mexico, but you cannot be more impressed with this guy. Now, that said, it's a different animal coming in with a bit of a different confidence, even though it was a 2-2 draw. The Dynamo were desperate for points. They're 6-9-4. They got 22. You think about that. Austin FC is sitting on 37. The Dynamo have 22. Um, now, that said, also, they're only five points off a playoff spot, right? It's the beauty of MLS. You're always in it. You can only win eight out of 12. You can lose eight out of 12 games, and you're still in it. Right. This is MLS. Um, So Hector Herrera has brought the emotion. He's raised the bar. It's going to be very interesting to see if he starts at the beginning of this game. My gut is going to tell me, yes, but I think that all depends on him because he wants to play. He's one of these guys. He wants to be out there. Like a Sebastian Driussi, if we relate it to Austin FC, that there was a tremendous amount of emotional and physical capital invested in the 2-2 draw with FC Dallas. It was mid-90s. I was on the field doing TV, a pregame show. Um, the effort these two teams put in was off the charts. And it's going to be a great Tuesday night at Q2. I'm looking forward to it and seeing some friendly faces there. Hope I run in to a few of the listeners out there. Um, but that emotional capital... Is going to be interesting. Now, Houston will get back fresh. Tyler Pasher and Darwin. Seren Pasher was out with COVID protocol. Seren was out on suspension. Of course, Danny Pereira will be available. And you would expect, you know, Austin FC's lineup to look a little bit more that, kind of that first choice 11, if there is such a thing uh, in the league to build off of. Uh, And it's got Copa Tejas implications. Uh, I, I know you're out there, Austin fan. I know that, uh, means a lot that was uh, originated in san antonio so to the fan bases uh that does mean something i think to the houston dynamo right now uh this is this is three points or bust that's got to be the attitude uh for them right now emotional 2-2 draw they got goals from the young rookie from iceland uh, thor olfarsson but this was after herrera hung up a beautiful cross He he was able to hang it up there because everybody had gotten into the box too early Teenage Deby, their center back who played in Turkey in the Super League uh, with Malatyaspor, kind of moved his feet backwards, was able to slash kind of a scissor kick in there. And then in the end, it was speared in by Ilforsen. Uh, that tied things. Dallas would take the lead through Jesus Ferreira after a Hedges goal, staked him out early. And then uh, in stoppage time, uh, Herrera put him up 2-1, and then the Dynamo would get the draw with a very emotional goal. Uh, that was scored by teenage Hedebi against a very static and, and basically rooted to the ground in cement boots center back. Hedebi so just knifed into the box and scored. So he it was a great emotional uh, uh, lift as well. So that's it, 2-2. Two, two. One big question will be Darwin Quintero. And Quintero can make plays. He's the Dynamo leading goal scorer, along with Sebas uh, Ferreira. You remember him, scored the halfway line goal against Austin FC. When Austin FC came to Houston, those two have 13 goals between them. But Quintero, this is a quick turnaround for him physically. So I don't know what he's going to have to give. Um, I think that's a real big question mark for the Houston Dynamo and how they will work that out. All right, right now, um, I want to remind you the show is presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com, 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. John and his firm, Personal Injury Attorneys you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, Uh, you might work in a refinery, Uh, you might uh, drive a truck, whatever it is, the Daspit Law Firm Personal Injury Attorneys, they'll take care of your case. They'll work for you 24, seven nights and weekends. Get the best. John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com, 512-865-6710. They are presenting sponsors of this show. Okay, we're gonna take a break right now. Caller number four. Caller number four to 512 447 3776. 512 447 3776. You get a pair of tickets to Manchester City Club America. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We got more to come, including an interview with former Argentine defender and defender for Manchester City, Pablo Zabaleta. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters here on The Horn in Austin, Texas. Uh, Rolling on here, a couple of quick things here. I do want to alert everybody in Austin and listeners to this show, could be around the country, quite frankly, on the internet highway. Uh, There's a company called LamontBrands.com. They do all kinds of printing. They print Soccer Matters t-shirts. All the proceeds go to a 501c charity called the Snowdrop Foundation, which supports pediatric cancer scholarships, awareness, and that's where we donate it. So these guys at Lamont Brothers, fantastic. Uh, it's all at their cost. All the proceeds go back to Snowdrop Foundation. So again, it's lamontbrands.com if you want one. And uh, soon enough, I'm going to get one in green so that uh, that might appeal to everybody in Austin a, l- a little bit more. But they're showing up everywhere and people are buying them. And we're, I think we're well over uh, $3,000 raised now, and ultimately we'll make a contribution to the Snowdrop Foundation on behalf of pediatric cancer uh, fighting. Let's put it that way. So this is the perfect segue into our next guest here uh, on Soccer Matters presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law firm, daspitlawaustin.com. Jamie Crawley, the president of the Austin Soccer Foundation. When we take it right down to the roots of the game, uh, it's people like... Jamie and their organization that reminds us of the strength of the Austin soccer community. Jamie joins us now. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Glenn, thank you. I know we've been trying to connect for a while like this, and I, I really do appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm getting you hustling in between work, uh, work efforts today, so we do appreciate that. Look, I just want to give you a platform right now. Talk about the Austin Soccer Foundation, why it was formed, what it uh, wants to achieve and accomplish.
0: Absolutely. Um, So we are a 501C3, similar to the organization that Glenn was just describing. Um, We are an Austin-based, Austin Soccer Foundation for charitable efforts, basically looking at community partners and community initiatives that we can collaborate here locally. Um, This foundation was started seven years ago. um, Basically, when we didn't have a professional franchise, we were sort of in between USL and MLS, um, and we have good affiliations, have had good affiliations with both. Um, But we are an independent um, nonprofit charity uh, focused on soccer, but focused on the community more importantly. Um, And some of our efforts include academic scholarships. Um, We work with the Red Cross um, as a partner on the refugee and migrant. Um, community that's, that's been transplanted to Austin and providing them with equipment and, and some, some wonderful activities. Um, we've done some things with the Texas School for um, the Deaf. Um, we've done things with the Austin's Independent School District in providing uh, much needed equipment at times. Um, we've done a, a futsal court initiative, a variety of different activities um, really geared to the community here in Austin. Um, it's, it's all grassroots. Uh, we're an all-volunteer board all volunteer organization um, and rely on the generosity of a a lot of folks, including folks like Glenn.
1: Well, and listen, uh, this show is always open to you. Okay. So just take that for what that's worth um, because I, I I love listening to this because I'm very active in the Houston soccer community in a way like you are. and, 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 and it's people like yourself that galvanize it and bring it together. I mean, yeah, we could focus on the sellouts all the time, at Austin FC games, but it's people like yourself that till the soil and, and continue to create relationships and and do a lot of the building. So my hat really um, goes off to you. And, and, uh, you were telling me before we came on the air and I love this because before Austin FC had an MLS team, you were a 12 year season ticket holder for FC Dallas. So you used to make the run up there. Um, and I just find that amazing because it shows your commitment to MLS in the game. And then all of a sudden now you're a season ticket holder and you don't have to do as much driving. And that's good with the gas prices, by the way.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I'd certainly appreciate that. Yep. I still go, I still go up. I still make the occasional out of town trip, but uh... But, yeah, no, it's been, it's been great having Austin FC here in town.
1: Yeah, and I know you've got support for them. And, by the way, we're talking to Jamie Crawley, the president of the Austin Soccer Foundation. Uh, we'll get to the banquet, which will be Thursday. But you're also tied in with Austin FC, so you got support there, too, which is wonderful.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, you know, them as an MLS club here, you know, only new to Austin. I mean, in, in the first year, we were, we were fortunate to, to even have, uh, you know, Coach Wolf. I mean, he didn't even have all of his players in place but was able to make a statement for our banquet that year. We've definitely you know, started to uh, you know, recognize their importance in the community, obviously, um, and, and the things that they're trying to do. We try and support those as well. We've actually partnered with their nonprofit foundation on, on at least one initiative ourselves. Um, and, th- and that's the way we'd like to operate. Um, we've, we've been here for a while, but you know, we're certainly looking at those community partners to, to do what we can.
1: Jamie, you're obviously a giver. And there's a lot of givers in the world. I don't think there's any question about that. We, we, we deal with them every day. Um, just what drives you when it, when it comes to this? I mean, what, what, what is the main driving force for you personally?
0: I, I think it's just that, you know, it's, it's you know, sort of two things. I think one is any, any organization or service commitment that I've been involved in, or even a worker, you know, professional one is, um, you know, have a passion for the work that you do um, and then leave it better than you found it. Um, you know, and, and in this particular case had the, you know, good fortune of meeting, um, you know, one of the, one of the original owners of the Austin Aztecs. Um, and, and he was sort of the impetus for the foundation when we started, um, and gathered up some amazing individuals along the way. And we've had this, this gala banquet, um, you know, annually now. And, and, and as you were saying, it's, it's a, it's a spot and a We've looked at it as a place to kind of bring the community together, um, to kind of share and um, you know enjoy each other's company and 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 try and do some good.
1: And listen, the soccer community is the perfect vehicle, and it always needs people like yourself who have that gift of bringing others together and uh, no better sport to do it with than the sport of soccer. And then adding the whole community element into it. All right. I'm really sad that I'm not going to be here Thursday because this could have worked out perfectly. Unfortunately, I have to go to New Jersey. Uh, we're talking to Jamie Crawley, the president of the Austin soccer foundation, but your banquet is Thursday. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. A lot of people are going to be there. I- I'm kind of crying here that I'm not able to come, but uh, I, I, pencil me in for next time and anything else I can do to help, but tell us about it.
0: Absolutely. So the, the, the banquet is at the South Congress hotel. Um, they've been uh, an amazing community partner, very, very generous, um, you know, with the efforts there as a nonprofit um, some of those things, the organization side, you, you need, you need those bigger partners. Uh, and they certainly have been one, um, but we, we bring together, you're going to see uh, former players, current players, um, referees, um, we're going to have Ishmael, uh, who's going to be representing Austin at the world cup in, oh, in and that's a great patch yeah. right there. Um, so he was one, we recognized him as a lifetime achievement award winner, uh, for the, for the Austin soccer foundation previously. And he's been very, very generous behind the scenes, helping us out. We're doing a referee initiative, uh, where we're trying to, re- you know, train a lot of young, you know, young individuals who might be interested in sort of pursuing that route. Um, and, and really from a leadership perspective, it's a good, it's a good thing as well. Um, but then we also have sort of a a really wonderful keynote, um, this year. We've got Linda Hamilton, uh, who in just in May was part of the National Soccer Hall of Fame induction class. Um, and, and so she was, uh, part of that, that first women's world cup team winning team, um, and is a, a really, really generous individual as well. Has a really great, you know, really a really great soccer ambassador, um, and uh, and so we're we're fortunate to have her as well, and she's pretty excited about joining us.
1: Yeah, Linda's going to be great. Wow, you got some heavy hitters there. It's fantastic stuff. He's Jamie Crawley, the president of the Austin Soccer Foundation. Can people still get tickets for this banquet? This is it's kind of a who's who here. There is some there's some real uh, five star entertainment and uh, wow factor
0: to this. We, we we've had we've been fortunate. I would say that you know in that that first year when Austin Austin. Uh, FC was announced. We, we had, we had the event It was the only time the event wasn't at South Congress hotel. And we had the, the president of Austin FC. We had the president of the Austin bold. Um, we had, you know, a, a lot of media in the room, uh, a lot of different folks. We had the, we had the MLS referee of the year. Um, so it was, it was pretty, pretty special. Um, but yes, tickets are still available. Um, okay, where do they go? They they they, they are limited, they're starting to get limited at this point because the event's Thursday, but but certainly they are available.
1: And where where do
0: they go to get them? Um they go to dot um and it's right there on the front page there's a link um to get tickets and and learning more about the event as well as the organization.
1: And Jamie, um yes, yeah, I was going to say I'm sure there's a lot of information there to learn about. Uh, the 501c he's jamie crawley he's the president of the austin soccer foundation huge banquet this thursday uh doing great community stuff in austin texas jamie thank you so much for coming on
0: thank you glenn i really appreciate it
1: all right that's jamie crawley away he goes and uh, that is a great event to go to and again um in soccer cities you got these people like jamie and many many others that go unnamed that just do this tremendous work to really galvanize bring things together on behalf of others. So what a great way to uh, end that segment. All right. Uh, with that, we'll talk about a, a community thing here. Soccer Matters t-shirt. You get it at lamontbrands.com. Uh, all the proceeds, I think it's only $20. Great cotton too, by the way. They're light. They're, they're a great fit. Uh, you get it. All the proceeds go to the Snowdrop Foundation, a 501c charity to fight Pediatric cancer. Show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512 865 6710. They are bilingual. We'll take a break when we come back. Pablo Zabaleta, the former Manchester City right back and Argentine right back, he'll join me next. <laughs> Well, Pablo, tell us about the significance of these preseason tours. A lot of people in America think it's just about branding, but it's close to the season. It's Pep Guardiola. I got to think this is pretty serious business
2: coming to Houston. Absolutely. Always with Pep Guardiola, going to be serious. Nothing uh, not fun at all. Like, we, we, uh, we don't often get a chance to, uh, uh, to go to America, to be honest, uh, for the preseason, especially in the last two years with, with COVID. I know that, but we all know that American people love football, especially the Premier League and Man City have been uh, growing a lot because I've been in New York recently, a few months ago, and I can really see uh, a lot of Man City fans that the club is growing as well. So uh, it's going to be a great experience for sure.
1: You mentioned Pep Guardiola. You know him well. You played under him. Tell me about him and 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 kind of what makes him tick as a manager because everybody in America is truly fascinated by the ability of him to unify a team and all these high-paid, tremendous soccer players.
2: Yeah, he's really good. I mean, uh, I only spent uh, one season under Pep. Um, I wish he, he would. I don't know. He should have come earlier uh, when I was probably younger, uh, because I will. I probably would have been enjoying it a lot more under Pep. Um, but the reality is that I was 33. I was just my last year of my contract and I wanted to, to move. And, uh, but I have to say, even, uh, if it was only one season, uh, he's been really good. Um, we, we haven't won anything that season, but uh, it, it took probably a year to, for Pep to, um, you know, to get his news, uh, idea, his way of playing, um, his style of football. Uh, that was something that we have done. We, we haven't done it before, you know, playing out for the back with, you know, two centre-backs split, And then we go from there and uh, full backs going higher, lower, then uh, bringing the ball into the attacking midfield to to attack and all these kind of uh, movements that it was something new for us. And, uh, and as I say, it probably took uh, six months to get into that, uh, rhythm and that new way of playing but then you could really see uh, how the team been doing for the last five or six years uh, it was a joy to watch uh, them playing football and we're still doing it um, and yeah it's great to have Pep uh, at Man City uh, I personally think that he, he's also enjoying the Premier League uh, he, he looks really happy also at the club um, it's going to be seventh season now for Pep. So he, he, he tells you that he's really loving it. So, um, yeah, that's great. He's a, he's above for me. I don't know, with the managers, I've been working before. Obviously, I respect all of them. They've all been brilliant. But I, I should say that probably uh, Pep Guardiola is above of them. You know, he's he's really good.
1: He's Pablo Zabaleta. You know him from his legendary career with Argentina. Has played in a World Cup final, over 330 games for Manchester City. And if you're like me, you watch this man play as an outside back. Uh, phenomenal to watch. Phenomenal player. Uh, Pablo, uh, back to Guardiola. Is it pretty intense, like mentally, what he throws at you? Yeah. I, I know I hear this all the time. I mean, and it may be like a culture shock when you
2: first work under him, right? very intense and um he's he's mad about football he's uh, he's obsessed it's just like that he's a guy he loves football he's so passionate about it and um and that is the way that when you see on the sideline it's just it is like this every day even in training um but that is the only way that, uh, you know, when you see a manager that is that intense, I think sometimes the players really appreciate. Uh, and, 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 and he can really inspire players to, to do well because um, he's like that in training. He's like that in the game, the pre-match meeting. Uh, and he always, when he gives a day off for the players, he always say, please enjoy a day off. Don't come to the training round. Even if you have to do an extra work or not that, please don't come because I need all of you to switch off, to forget me, to not see me again. And probably take a breath and and, and we we'll see you in 48 hours because he is very demanding. And uh, But I think players love it. Um, that's always what you expect uh, from managers. Of course, everyone is different uh, but you can uh, really see that uh, Pep loves the game.
1: Talking to Pablo Zabaleta. Uh, how about a word on Manuel Pellegrini and Roberto Mancini? I mean, this is, this is an unbelievable uh, sure. trio of managers
2: that you yeah, played absolutely. under. but you learn from all of them. As I said before, they've all been brilliant. Every, everyone at different stage of uh, my career and, and also at the club, I think uh, when uh, Mancini came to Man City, um, you know, gave us a chance to, to win the first Premier League, the first FA Cup. Um, he was an Italian, and as you all know, he likes, um, you know, tactics and probably not that um, way of uh, passing game and all that, but pr- very well organised and all that. Then Manuel Pellegrini, um, different um you know, uh, character is more calm, and and, and I know that which uh, you know is 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 also good when you have a, a manager that's like very similar to Angelotti. You know that gives the players the confidence and the freedom to express themselves on the field, and uh, you you don't really see them uh, uh, angry or shouting or and all that. They always like that when you're winning, when you're losing, they always have that balance, you know, uh, that is also special. Um, so they, I've been very lucky, I always say the same. That's for me uh, working under these three managers. I learned uh, a lot from all of them and, and you know, I've been playing in um, a lot and this is something that's for me was uh, really good as a player. For my
1: listeners, Pablo, I mean, there is that pipeline of Argentines to Manchester City. There's no question with Sergio Aguero, Willy Caballero, uh, Nicolás Otamendi, on and on we go. Did that help kind of ease the transition of the Argentine player to the Premier League?
2: Well, it's, it's great to see uh, Argentinian players going into the Premier League. I mean, uh that was really difficult 20 or 30 years ago. It was not a country or a league for South American players to go and to play into There were only a few of them. Uh, but I have to say, in the last 10 years, you could really see uh, a lot of uh, Argentinian players going, going there and doing well in all of the clubs. So uh, we don't need to forget that we are ambassadors for our country. And wherever we go, we have to do well for the to open the doors for the next generations, and and, and they can really trust uh, us, and, and 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 give our best. And I think we um, Argentinians also we love football. We uh, we always want to give hundred percent, and uh, especially at Man City. Yeah, it was one of uh, the first Argentinian players to go there, and and then Carlos Tevez came, Sergio Aguero, Willy Caballero, Tamendi. Demichelis. Um, I remember one, one game we beat Fulham 3-0 at home and we, I scored Sergio and Demichelis. Three of us, we won 3-0 and that was the first time in the history of the Premier League that three Argentinians scored in the same game. Um, that is something great and now Julian Alvarez also um, coming to the club and, and great to have that connection uh, with uh, Argentinian players. or uh, we have someone in the squad uh, make a special. And yeah, we wish him all the best. Uh, and as I said before, um, we always need to be disciplined and, and do well for the team and behave in the best uh, possible way to, you know, to let the new generation um, you know, to go to England and, and, and do well.
1: We're talking to Pablo Zabaleta, outstanding player. Over 330 times he's played for, for Manchester City. So I watched Julian Alvarez the other night playing for River Plate in the in the Copa Libertadores. What advice would Pablo Zabaleta have for Julian in making this big transition to the Premier League?
2: Yeah, big move for him. Um, I mean, it, it won't be easy to go from Argentina to England. Um I remember when I went to Manchester, I always, I, I was 23 as well. Uh, I was young, but I, I'd been three years in Spain, which gave me a chance to adapt into the European football and, and all that. But um, for Julian, it's going to be like um, um, Gabriel Jesus uh, when he was in Brazil and then went to Man City to stray into England, to the Premier League, a different country, um, different way of living, different language, which is, I, I couldn't speak a word in English when I went to England and, and it was really hard to communicate with, with the manager and with the players. Uh, Mark Hughes was the manager at that time. So I needed to put some effort into learn the language and at least, you know, uh, talk to my teammates because in a football field, you, you the communication is really important. But you can really see now at the club, they have uh, Spanish, a lot of Spanish speaking, the manager, some people in the staff and then and, and even around the club um, is a lot different, which uh, will allow Julian to hopefully adapt into a new football uh, very quickly. And, and, and he seems like to be a really nice guy. I never met him before, but when you see him talking or, you know, given some interview. He re- he looks really focused. Um, I've been told that he's a great guy, a good professional. So we wish him all the best. Um, we have a big competition uh, in the team with Haaland, of course. You need to be patient, you need to uh, have that, you know, you have to be hunger of uh, success for the club and, and for him as well. Uh, the World Cup is not too far. and, and, and and I'm sure that's, um, you know, he, he, a river play always been the main man. Uh, that's the reality. And when you, when you are one of uh, the, 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 the most important player for your team and you play week in, week out, and then you go into a different club where you have to compete with more different players and, 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 and you have more competition in the team, you need that passion and you need to show and prove to the manager that you want to keep that place in the starting 11. It's not going to be easy, but uh, I'm sure he will fight for
1: it. He's Pablo Zabaleta, uh, Manchester City former player outside back, uh, 58 caps for Argentina from Buenos Aires, uh, two time Premier League winner. If if we go back to your career when you first got there, how, how tough were some of the early times there? I mean, there had to be some moments where. This is incredibly intense, tough that you got to fight through. Obviously, uh, having watched you play, I know you're a fighter. But um, you know, just just take us into kind of the challenges that a young player going to England uh, encompasses.
2: Absolutely. You mean you mean a Man City in 2008? Yes. The yeah. First, uh, yeah. Well, um, listen, I I went to England uh, after the Olympic Games. That's um, when we won in China, Beijing. We uh. Um, I, f- I remember I went back to Argentina uh, after a few days, um, being told that it was an offer from Man City. I didn't know much about uh, the club, about the players, because Man City was not uh, a big club at that time and it was a mid table team, probably. And uh, and I wasn't 100% sure about it. Uh, I was a Espanol of Barcelona that it was very uh, similar to. Man City but in Spain it was mid-table club that we also won the Copa del Rey uh, two years before Uh, we reached the Europa League final and I was loving living in Barcelona Um, but it was a big decision for me, it was like a a dream to go and play in the Premier League, that was the reality and uh, yeah, went to Manchester, signed my contract and a week after the new owners came into the club and and the big body was there you know um but it was i think it was uh it was a challenge for for everyone to say okay now i'm uh, i'm in a situation or in a cloud where big players will will come and and i have to do my best to to keep a place in in, in, in that team, in, in this quarter i want to be part of that project uh i know that's uh the money's there, they can send it the best right back, but at least I want to challenge. I want to, you know, prove myself that I'm good enough uh, to be part of uh, the club for the next years. And uh, look, it's been nine years at the club. Um, I won trophies. Um, I was one of the few players with Vincent Company and Joe Hart that we can really tell people that we have seen the whole transformation of the club. Uh, and it's something that, my last day uh, at the club when I left, it was uh, it was a special um, because, as I say, the fans always give me uh, a great farewell because I was there since the beginning. Uh, I went to the club in a different time, and uh, but I always, as a player, I show my uh, commitment, my um, uh, loyalty, and and it was great that I've been uh, um, nine years at the club and winning trophies. Uh, it was. It, it, Probably when I first came to the club, it was impossible to think about winning something at that time. And, and a few days later, I found myself uh, playing alongside great players and, uh, and it was it a was very, very good experience.
1: Through your lens, uh, unbelievable what you have seen and experienced at Manchester City. He's Pablo Zabaleta. Uh, reminding you, Manchester City in Houston, July 20th, they'll take on Club America from Mexico. This is close to the start of the Premier League, so I think there will be some serious business here. Uh, apparently, uh, close to over 50,000 tickets out already. All right, how about a word on Erling Holland, uh, Pablo, uh, and, and this big signing that's really uh, the big news in the football world?
2: Yeah, very um, delighted to have Ellie Haaland at the club. Uh, he's been one of the players that I think um, all the big clubs were looking to sign him uh, in the summer. Um, and it was great that the, the, the club convinced him to to sign for the club and, and 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 represent Man City. I think it must be very special for him after he started and being also... Uh, playing for the club and all th- those pictures that we have seen of uh, him wearing the Man City jersey uh, back in the days when he was young. And uh, and of course, for, for me, it is a big move. I mean, he was a Borussia Dortmund. He was a great club, great team. He's done well, but he's going to the Champions of uh, England uh, with ambitions to, to win um, all the domestic competition, but also... Looking to win for the first time for the club, the Champions League, um, and he's a great player. I mean, we we all know that. Um, and, and, and for Pep, it's great to have a player um, with like like him. You know, we 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 have we have been saying that always. Man City probably was missing someone. Um, you know, inside a box, you bring that physicality and that presence inside the box that sometimes. Uh, you know, in some games you have to put crosses into the box, and and and, and you need to find a way to score, and 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 probably he's a bit like that. Uh, he's good on the, you know, with ball on the feet. He's a finisher. He's really strong going into the space, but he, he, he's, he's pressing inside the 18-yard box is also great. And uh, we we have seen Sergio Aguero before, Gavil, Jesus. They all been great, very skillful. I know that, but I think halan is, is a different type of uh, footballer. You know, he's a, he's a lot bigger and, uh, and, and, and to have him and Julian Alvarez uh, for Pep is going to be great, you know, two, two players two, to share the same position, to, to look for different things in the game. Um, so, yeah, very excited and hopefully he can bring goals. Of course, that's, um, that's what we all expect. Um, I have said before, uh, it was in a different level. He, he used to score more than 20 goals each season. And, and, and if Haaland can reach that uh, amount of goals, it's going to be brilliant. Um, so he's young as well. So um, great for City to have two young players for the next five or six years at the club. So yeah, really looking forward to it.
1: Exciting times. Pablo, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. By the way, your English is impeccable. It's a lot better than my Spanish.
2: No, uh, it's getting worse. He's like, <laughs> I'm back in Spain now. I'm not surrounded by English people anymore. And then it's like,
0: <laughs> Well, just that, be thankful it, we that, didn't do this.
1: No be thankful we didn't do this in Spanish because it would never, ever happen again. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. You. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. That's Pablo Zavaleta.